there, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in on all the details of that galaxy far, far away. We're going to talk about things, stuff, concepts, but mostly characters this time around as we explore the Old Republic. And I am here with my, let's say, galactic Cold War historian <laughs> friend, Ross. Mac, today we are going to travel way into the past, way into the Legends territory, and talk about two Sith who, in their own way, were instrumental in the power that the Empire was able to extend over the Old Republic. So we're going to talk, first, about the Emperor's Wrath, Lord Ooh. Scourge. Yeah. A pure-blood Sith who is one mean mother trucker. Yes, a, a uh, character that spans from the time of Revan to the dawn of the Old Republic and the Cold War and the Third Galactic Civil War. Yes, and then we'll wrap up by talking about Darth Malgus, the wrecking ball for the Empire, who is responsible for leading the Battle of Alderaan, leading the Siege of uh, Korriban, and leading the attack on the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Just a... Just monster. A true Vader-esque monster. Tons of fun. So Darksiders, Rebel, we're going to do another kind of Sith spectacular here as we look at two just not great people <laughs> uh, as we explore some of the Old Republic. We're going thousands of years before the Battle of Yavin, and we're going to get started right after this. He is one of the scourge, 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 scourge. I think, I think it's scourge. Like I remember like scourge of the seven seas. I'm assuming it's like that, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, the way you would normally pronounce this word outside of the world of Star Wars would be scourge. Um, can you uh, give me the language of origin and <laughs> could you use it in a sentence? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, let me just scourge take my finger the Jedi and write this temple. on my hand yeah, so I make sure yeah. I've got it. <laughs> um, okay, so today we're going to talk about something we have yet to talk about. Yeah, we, we kind of talked in the opening. We're, we're, we're opening a vein of Star Wars we really haven't touched on. Like, Exar Kud is about the only place we've really gone yeah. into the old Republic. Yes, yes. We've talked about some Sith Lords in the past, some legends, some, some characters that are not yet in our current new expanded universe of Star Wars, even though maybe they will be one day. But today we're going to talk about not only the Sith, as we do, but we're going to talk about a Sith character who not only follows the Sith religion, 
but is a pure-blood, actual Sith. Sith, like with a capital species. S. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about this just as a big concept, in case you're not familiar yeah. with the Sith. So the Sith have a thousands-of-year history in the Legends Expanded Universe, where they've gone through all sorts of changes, but they started out as a single species. Yeah, which are humanoids, but they've got this real, like, dark red pigmented skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the other real signature things is they have the little phalanges on the sides of their mouths. Yeah, kind of like catfish. Sort of little tendrils hanging down. Yeah, catfish-like is a very good way to put it. Yeah, but when you're thinking about that, think of it more of, like, a really elaborate goatee. Like, it's very close to the mm-hmm. body. It's not really changing them from having a human-like not face. Not like whiskers. Um, and then beyond that, generally they look kind of like Chiss, except red in the sense yeah. of like, they have very stern cut features and they have like kind of the pigment, like, um, kind of empty eyes and, uh, well, they, they look like a species that like, yeah, you're casting those as bad guys. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. And throughout the history of Star Wars, the Sith, you know, they start out as this one species and then throughout centuries, diversify. So at first, the Sith don't want anyone that is in pure blood. Yes. And then for generations, well, you can be a Sith, you can study, you can take on an apprentice that isn't pure blood. But if they're not pure blood, they're not really going anywhere. You're not a real. Yeah. Well, I mean. And then over the years, that even changed to where, okay, now you've got an emperor who isn't even necessarily a pure blood Sith. You've got members of the Dark Council who aren't even pure blood Sith. So, you know, throughout history, we see these things change. And one of the things during the time of, you know, the, the Galactic Civil War and the uh, hyperspace wars and these, these, you know, historic battles that are fought throughout legends. A lot of that comes down to the Sith, not wanting to change as a species. Yeah. them trying to sort of impose their role, their rule on other non Sith species. And that ultimately is what ends up, you know, kind of breaking them apart and fracturing. They become this this group rather than this race. And when they become this big, large group of both pure-blooded Sith and people who follow the Sith religion but are not pure-blooded Sith, what they end up with is this constant infighting. And oh, yeah. eventually that leads to the rule oh. of two that we see later on. But for now, we're talking about when there's many, many thousands of Sith out there and Lord Scourge is a character who operates during an interesting time because mm-hmm. he operates when the Sith are not in the main galaxy. They are not known in the core worlds. They've invaded that, you know, they know they exist, but they think they're gone. The Sith are out in the unknowns. The, the way we set the stage is this all is coming from the original Knights Republic timeline, yes. which uh, it started with comic books and then yes. predominantly pushed forward by video games, which yes. is where Scourge features is the old Republic video game. Yes. Primarily. Primarily. Um, Although we should point out now is as good a time as any yeah. to say his first appearance is in the Revan novel. Right. That's where he first pops up. And then sort of the rest of his story comes in the Old Republic game. And in that timeline, which is 4,000-ish BBY, with mm-hmm. the Old Republic we're going to talk about, is it like 2,700 BBY? Um, there is the Sith homeworld we would normally think of, of Korriban, which will later be called Moraban. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we're all like, oh, that's the center of like the Sith religion is is there. And it's like, no, that's the furthest outpost they have from their actual territory. Because they're from way beyond the galactic rim. They may even they've sometimes been implied to be even from beyond this galaxy and some other galaxy. Yeah. But the the thing is, like you said, they have tried to invade our the the main galaxy of Star Wars. Mm-hmm on multiple occasions with mixed results. And it's always kind of like, it seems like it's just, it's it's an expansion territory that's too far for them to throw their entire forces at it. But every time they encroach on it, a few more worlds become like citizen worlds to the Sith. And And they learn more about the galaxy as a whole, because that's the thing. Like this is obviously an advanced civilization, the same way the Republic is advanced. They have, you know, metropolitan cities and people Mm -hmm. who serve and work for them that, are not military, they're just regular citizens. And you have this whole sort of oppressive system right. that is really, really, you know, good for the people at the top, the emperor, but it's not good for all the people living in it, obviously, but they're trapped because it's not like they it's can futile. just take a bus over to Coruscant. Right, and see know. what a republic feels like. Yeah. No, they're, they're stuck in the feudal system. So you have this emperor who is sort of controlling this entire part of the galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, causing his oppression. And meanwhile, this emperor is saying, boy, we got to take over the republic. We need more. We need the ability to be in control of everything. But he doesn't actually know the full extent of the Republic. And right. that's where the story of Knights of the Old Republic comes in. So right. just a quick overview, because we need it here to talk about this a little bit. Yeah. The story of Knights of the Old Republic is essentially the, st- well, <laughs> preceding the game, but it's all kind of one big story. This gets really confusing, by the way. And spoiler for a 16-year-old game. Oh, yes. Big spoilers here coming up. Um, so... Revan and Malak, they're Jedi Knights. They go to the Outer Rim to explore the threat of the Sith. They get brainwashed and captured yep. by Emperor. Okay, now tell me how you think you say this. <laughs> it's it's not like V I T A I T E. Vitate? Vitate? See, I don't know. I have truly no idea. I'm trying to. I'm going to keep keep. I'm going to go. I'm going to look up. Look it up so I can see it in front of me. Yeah. See if you can. Yeah. See if you can tell me. But this emperor, he's this very interesting character because he is so uber powerful that he is a he has powers beyond anything we've ever seen, and we'll talk about a few of them in a minute. Mm -hmm. But he basically brainwashes Revan and Malak, making them forget their Jedi identity, and sends them with a Sith Force to the Republic, basically as a test. He's yep. basically sending them to see what kind of response will the galaxy give. Now, throughout the game, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Revan is saved, and he ends up defeating Malak, and basically Revan becomes a good guy again. And then this is where we first meet Lord Scourge. So this is years later, after the events of Knights of the Old Republic, Revan gets this vision, even though he's now a Jedi master again, he sort of is this sort of all powerful Jedi, kind of like a pre Anakin chosen one type of character. Yes. who is just sort of beyond what the regular Jedi are doing. He's the Revan Chris, whatever that is. It, well, the yeah. point is actually, we, if you, if you go back, there's actually, we did an episode where we talked about a lot of this stuff, but we did. Yeah, we did. Um, so this whole thing, 
is built around Revan having this vision. And this is where Scourge comes in. Revan has this vision that the Sith are still out there. They're not defeated. They're still out there somewhere in the galaxy. And he needs to go find them. He needs to understand what happened to him. How did he fall under the control, you know, of this Sith army? How did he end up attacking his friends in the Galactic Republic? How did all of this come about? Well, the whole character who he is going to essentially experience all of this through is Lord Scourge. So this is where we get into it. So Scourge is a recently appointed Lord of the Sith. He's pure blood. He was um, basically brought up at the Academy on Droman Cass, which is one of the Sith capital worlds where the Emperor actually has his stronghold and his palace. Mm -hmm. And you have this character who is brutal and he just wants to rise in the ranks he's incredibly powerful he's cunning and he's a character who's just on the way up he's doing good things and he is basically called to help with an investigation for a member of the dark council now the dark council are basically 12 sith who are right below the emperor they take their commands it's like the jedi council correct dark it's it's a dark version of that but it also has the elements of a uh, government in a yes. sense of almost each one of the members is sort of like a cabinet member or, or a minister yeah, for they, a I think division. They, they call the... them their spheres. They each have their yes. own sphere. I know that's in one of the older public books. It might right. Not be so the someone's one. in charge of like commerce. Someone's in charge of like technology, intelligence, technology, military. training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they each have their own responsibility. Yeah. And basically one of these members, Darth Nyrus, who's an older woman, um, I think human, if I remember correctly. I don't think she's a Sith. But she gets basically uh, an assassination attempt against her. And so they bring in Lord Scourge to sort of lead the investigation. And all of these things happen with this character. Basically, immediately when he arrives on Droman Cast, he's ambushed by assassins. Yeah. <laughs> then he finds out... Oh, 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 before you oh, go, go on there. Yeah. Droman Cast is the throne world of the Sith Empire. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Just so you know, it's, it's this dismal always raining planet but it's instead of Korriban it is it is the actual metropolis in which the majority is a full city like this is not a it's not like they're less advanced in a lot of ways than the new than the republic it's their Coruscant but it's not a citywide a mechapopolis it's it's just yeah yes absolutely so uh Scourge arrives he is attacked by these assassins and Nyrus says to him hey uh I hired these assassins basically to test you And right away, Scourge is like, well, that seems like an odd choice. And she basically says, okay, you know, go find out where this this droid that attacked me, you know, go to the the planet where they're manufactured, and basically follows all these clues. And it leads him to Darth Zedrix, another member of the council. Yep. And Nyrus basically says, hey, this guy is planning to take over. He's planning to do all this bad stuff. He's a traitor to the cause. Go hunt, you know, go hunt him down. He, he's weak. You know, it's time to take him down. And Scourge follows her through with it. So there's this really awesome battle scene that he takes place in where he goes and he's sort of waiting to ambush Darth Zedrix in a cave. Yeah. And Zedrix comes in and he's got these two like apprentices with him, you know, these two Sith who are powerful. And I just remember the fight because I read this book relatively recently about a year ago. I remember something really cool in the fight is he just like, he's not only so brutal in the way that he fights, he's like curb stomping them (laughs) and like 
just use like killing people with his bare hands, like choking them to death, not even using the force. And he just is completely, you know, he overwhelms these apprentices. And then Darth Zedric spends all this time building up this immense power and unleashes this insane lightning blast that hurts him. And, you know, he tries to block it and try to control it. Yeah. And he goes, oh, no, I've been he thinks he's been set up. Zedrix ah. basically has his monologue of, no, she sent you here to die just to send a message to me. But then what Scourge realizes is, oh, no, wait, he is actually weak and old. He just used all of his power that was... trying to defeat me. That was all of it. And I survived it. And so he realizes and he cuts him down. And basically at this moment, now Scourge has killed a member of the Dark Council. Yes. So his sort of reputation with Nyrus, this person who's not his direct master, but is in charge of him at the moment. I mean, it's going up. You know, this is a guy who just got promoted to Sith Lord, essentially. Just got kind of this lordship status. Yeah, you have this newly minted guy who just... Like, it's like, hey, guess what? I just got a new aide here at my congressional office. And, oh, he just off to a senator. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, in a slightly different political realm than ours. But sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> you got it. Uh, so... He, this is like the first twenty percent of this book, I think, too. If right. I remember correctly, like <laughs> yeah. this character is doing these really, really kind of cool things that we haven't seen really a Sith do. Like we've never cool. seen this Sith structure on film before. So to have this sort of hierarchy of Sith and these people who are all following this Emperor, and then they have their own council, and then you have this Lord who is sort of working behind the scenes to assassinate other members of the council. You know, even if you this book is called Revan, you take Revan out of it, really this book is all about Scourge. He's in the book way more well, than Revan is. Cause he, well, because he's the viewpoint character. He definitely he, he's, is, yeah. Because he, he's selling... I mean, what you're seeing through his eyes is how brutal and how um, survival the fittest yes. the Sith Empire. The Sith Empire is built on strength. Yes. It has gained its consolidated its power by calling weakness mm -hmm. from itself. Yeah. So, you know, it's like everybody is testing you. Either you're testing them or you're being tested, like, at all times. Um, and it's just an absolutely brutal, completely unfeeling world but it works and it works because at this stage in its development, more often than not, when challenged, their people come to the challenge and, and meet it. Yes. Which is why their system of government functions. Yes. Functions. Functions. But it's, yeah. but like most brutal stuff, it requires conquering. It the does. only way to get to keep people under the treadmill is to keep acquiring more people to throw on the treadmill. Yes. And, the whole thing is there's only one guy controlling that treadmill. Yes. Everything comes through this emperor. So as we said, Lord Vitaite, maybe? Uh, Vitaite, I, just looking Vitaite, at it, I think Vitaite? is Vitaite. Vitaite. It's definitely coming from the Latin word vital. I don't know exactly how sure. it's getting mangled, but. Well, here's the thing about him. So we're not actually talking about him as a character, but we have to point out because this is the bulk of Scourge's kind of character is what he knows and doesn't know about the Emperor. Right. So Darth Nyrus says, hey, actually, Zedrix and I were working together as part of this separatist movement to overthrow the Emperor because we're loyal to the Empire, not its ruler. 
And the emperor is going to drive us into the ground by attacking the Republic. The Republic is too strong. They will overrun us and they will destroy us. So we cannot let that happen. We cannot let this emperor essentially lead us to a battle that Uh, we cannot win. It's Rome with like the Goths. We cannot do this campaign against this. It's not that we couldn't beat them. We're just not in a position to do it now. It would overtax the government and his hubris is leading us to do it anyway. So one thing that happens throughout the run of the old Republic novels, because there are a number of them, I think four of them, is you slowly see. So in this one, the Empire is very strong, but not attacking the New Republic. The next one, the Empire attacks the New Republic and they're winning. Yeah. The next one, the Empire is now losing their battle against the New Republic. It's not that they're not keeping up, but like it's they call it like it's a war of attrition. You know, it's like, yeah, they can win, but they lost more in funds than the Republic did in this battle. And so now they are literally behind the eight ball of the Republic has more money. They have more resources. They can keep up longer than we can. The way, the best way to sum it up is like every time the Sith empire has encroached on this galaxy, it has always been a, we pushed really hard and we struck towards the heart of it, heart of it. And then our supply lines were strained too much. We are too far from home to actually control this territory long-term. So Nyrus is essentially saying, let me show you what the emperor will do given the chance. And so this is where we get some history of him. She takes Scourge to Nathema, his home planet. Now, this emperor has been alive for over a thousand years. Yes. And no one knows how he's done it or how he has achieved the power or the long-term success that he has without being overthrown or anything like that. And basically, she shows Scourge how he's done it by taking him to this planet. And when they arrive, they can tell something's off. They can tell that things aren't right. He feels like there's a void in the force. He can't feel anything. Right. They land on the planet and they realize it's just completely devoid of life. There's, you know, buildings, there's signs of a civilization, but like everything. And it's not just the people. It's the water. It's the trees. It's the animals. It's anything that is alive is gone it's just but it's not just gone it's vacant it's like it's well yeah it's it's not like necrotic it's not like a post-apocalyptic world it's a sterile world yes that's exactly the right way to put it sterile and what is learned is that basically this was a this emperor was the son of a sith lord drameth Mm -hmm. and he was one of many on this planet they each kind of controlled their own little section and throughout time, this this guy was kind of like a like a like a savant, you know, like he he, he yeah. had skill and everything, and he basically overtook the planet. And then, as things as the Sith were being threatened, this Sith Lord was like, "Hey, everybody, come to my planet. I have a plan. We can all work together, and we can defeat our enemies." Right. Right. So they all come in, and he performs this Sith ritual where he literally takes the life force from not only all the other yep. Sith. But from every single person on the planet, every single thing on the planet, Nathema, he drains, and he them drains all. the life force and gives it to himself. And that's how he's not only able to be so powerful, but to live for such a long time. Because he's basically extended his life by all those people's lifespans. Exactly. And Nyrus is basically showing Scourge that this is not sustainable. He'll do this to the entire galaxy. This is wrong. Removing the force, removing these things is wrong because without the force, without the dark side, we can't do anything. That That's the, that's the crux of our power and what makes us special. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I like about that little tale when I was researching it today, was like, and I love that that's again, 
you know, as George would say, you know, it's like poetry, it rhymes. This is a very reminiscent of what Exar Kun does to the Masasi, where he does the same thing of like, yeah. hey, everybody come over here. Why? There, there's a party. Just please stand on the X over there. <laughs> Why? It's not under the life training machine. That would be weird. <laughs> it's just, but stand on the X. Please stand on the X. We're, again, Exar Kun lives for lives it doesn't work right for him the ritual goes wrong and becomes a ghost but like he exists for close to four and a half thousand years i think in legends doesn't he like come back in luke's temple after return of the jedi and luke's students have to like defeat him the whole thing is exar kun one of his first acts as dark lord of the sith is he conquers yavin four and this primitive masasi people and then he kills all of them. Right. Their ruins are there because he murdered them. Right. And the problem was the ritual wasn't performed exactly right. I don't, I don't have time to go into why, but like, and he ends up being a, a Sith right. specter yes. trapped it, like within the span of Yavin 4. He can't go anywhere or influence yeah. beyond here. I think a lot of us thought that's what Palpatine would end up being in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, you know, that same, a specter. Yeah, that same type of style. But anyway, um, so there is some... How should we put this? Some history with Sith Lords trying to prolong their life, believe it or not. Right. And, and, and this so, is a very interesting legendsy example because this is a guy who's like, no, he's still his. The only thing that's different about him, he's described as human, is that he has sort of black eyes. Like, like his eyes are just black balls in his head. He does not have traditional eyes. But otherwise, he's kind of and, described as a normal looking person and you can really write that from the time of like 4,000 where tales of the jedi starts all the way to this point which is like 350 years later is when we're sort of seeing some of the story play out like the one thing that's interesting is he's the human emperor so like you could tell that like yeah there's a lot more half-bloods in the sith empire and pure bloods aren't on as top of the food chain as they used to be yes and so scourge who's pure-blooded sith rah-rah sith that whole incident changes him and he goes Oh yeah, I'll throw it with you because this guy's going to screw it up for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what Nyrus is telling him. That's yeah. what she's saying. Now, this is only about the halfway point of this story. And meanwhile, while all this is happening, and I should point out, it's only about a third as much in the book as Scourge's story is. Yeah. But Revan is off trying to uncover his past. He's met with friends, you know, both Jedi and Mandalorian, who he used to be friends with. And, you know, he's gone off on this adventure and they've found this Mandalorian helmet and, you know, these different things. Like they find a tomb of a Sith Lord, which yeah. ends up leading him to Nathema where he just happens to be there arriving at the planet when Scourge and Nyrus are leaving. So they shoot him down with their ion cannon. Mm -hmm. He crashes onto the planet and they take him prisoner. And at this point, Revan has went home, fought the Jedi civil war, been reprogrammed, reclaimed his humanity, may have become a Jedi depending on how you play your cards. And this is after Knights of Republic before Knights of Republic 2, where he has gone beyond the edge of known space to go yes. and find himself. Yes. Basically, he's had these visions about the Sith coming back, and he can't he can't let that rest. Also, um, one little interesting thing about his characterization in this novel is he's not a practicing Jedi at this point. He's still yeah. a, I mean, probably the most powerful Jedi in existence, but he doesn't live at the temple. He has a wife and a, ch- a child on the way. Yep. And... He is is basically like the the Jedi were kind of like, hey, we know how powerful you are. We recognize the good you did, you know, coming back from being evil. And we recognize you fought your way back. So basically you can do whatever you want. He's like earned kind of ultimate seniority, 
where he can yeah. just kind of do what he wants. I think he's like Jedi Emeritus. Like, we are so proud of you. You were part of our organization. We're so glad you came back to the light and threw the shackles off. Well, I want to go find myself. Great. You want to be far away from us? That sounds great. Why don't you go do that? And yeah. uh, what, what, you guys don't want me here? No, of course we want you here. We would love, but it sounds like that's really important to you. You should, <laughs> don't let us stop you. You yes. should go explore that as we clean house and start telling people that you're not the normal path to heroicism. You should just stay yeah. on the good path and not start a civil war. <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. They're just, they're, it, it almost reads as like they're afraid of him. Because they should be. I mean, they should. You, he's terrifying. Yeah, the things he's able to do. So anyway, he arrives on this planet. He's knocked out. He's captured by Scourge. And he is held captive. There's actually a story jump here for over three years. Yeah. So he is essentially tortured, interrogated. And even though Nyrus loses interest after a few months, Scourge almost becomes obsessed with him. Yeah. And in a way... Revan helps bring Scourge a little bit towards the light side. So throughout his captivity, Scourge is interrogating this guy. He's basically trying to learn about him and learn about the powers of the Republic. What are their capabilities? What are the capabilities of the Jedi and of this individual? And even though Revan is constantly drugged and tied up in this cell, Scourge can just feel the force emanating off of him and realizes mm-hmm. how powerful this guy is. And eventually, um, you know, people realize Revan's gone. He never came back. Right. And his wife goes and finds um, his former friend and, you know, apprentice. So Bastila, Bastila, his wife, Bastila Sean, like kind of follows the path to go like, well, where did he go? And follows his path up to. Yes. So she connects with uh, Mira Sutrik, who's an, who's another Jedi and, and a Jedi who fought with Revan in the Mandalorian Wars. And for a while, left the council because she actually lost her power. She cut herself off after she experienced this terrible tragedy where she felt all this pain through the Force and she couldn't take it anymore. But now she's a practicing Jedi again, and Bastila sends her after Revan. So her, because Revan's droid, makes it back to the Republic, by the way. That's how they're able to find it. Yeah, T3 or whatever. Yeah, T3M4 or something like that. Who's also a playable character from the games. He's a cool character. He is. So uh, Mitra goes off, and Revan has this vision, of, and he tells Scourge, hey, soon I'm going to be free. So you can decide what you want to do with me, but soon I will no longer be your prisoner. And this really starts to freak Scourge out. He's like, (laughs) what is going on? Like, this guy is here. Like, this guy, like... Can I use him? Should I let him go? Should I kill him? What should I do with him? He's like become almost obsessed with him. Like not friends, but like this guy is so powerful. I feel like I need to learn from him. This guy is such a kink in my worldview. Yeah. How can you be this powerful and not be a dark sider? And then beyond that, if you have gone to the dark, you've somehow come back. That shouldn't happen. Yes. And it's not fair you're this powerful. It's just not. Because yeah. you, you kind of feel the idea of, he, he's like, soon I will be free. You're bluffing. I believe what you want. Oh, crap. Yeah. He's going to be free soon. Yeah. He's that powerful. He has a yeah. vision. This is, oh. Yeah. And the whole time he's dealing with, well, what do I do? You know, what do I do? Do I, do I, how do I figure this out? And so this girl, Mitra Sutrik, comes after him, comes after Revan, is looking for him. The word gets back to Scourge. He meets with her, and they devise this plan. So Scourge basically goes and tells the Emperor that Nyrus has betrayed him. She's a member. She's aligned with these Separatists and Darth Zedrix from all those years ago and all of that kind of stuff. And so when the Emperor sends his guards to raid Nyrus's palace... Mm-hmm. 
he goes in, Scourge goes in and breaks Revan out. They take him back to a cave on the outskirts of town where Raven is able to, you know, kind of see and, and replay a message from his family, you know, get to see his child who has now been born and, you know, kind of relive that last one little moment. And also Mitra has brought for him his mask that he had been wearing at the right. time, which allows him to kind of um, harness his power in a way. It's a you focus. Know, it's, it's, it's metaphor. Yeah, it's a yeah. metaphor. But basically he's got this, he, he now is reunited with his mask after all this time, which he had not seen since he was dark side Raven, basically. And since the end of the civil war. Him. Yeah. It was hidden from him. And as soon as he puts it back on all the kind of memories and feelings, everything he was missing, everything that felt made him feel like he wasn't his complete self comes back to him when he puts the mask on. And so him and Surge, Scourge and Mira, they go after the Emperor and they sneak in and they get to right outside the throne room before they're finally attacked by royal guards. You know, they're not able to get that last step. And Revan runs ahead to fight the Emperor and, you know, Scourge stays out. He's taken down guards. And when they get to the throne room, they realized Revan has already been injured. He's been caught by lightning from the Emperor. Uh, the droid, you know, T3 has been destroyed. And there's a moment when the Emperor has Revan's lightsaber. He's about to strike him down. And Mitra throws the saber, knocking her saber, knocking Revan's out of the Emperor's hand mm-hmm. instead of trying to... Like, she could have killed the Emperor and let Revan die. But instead, she saves her friend. Scourge realizes, oh, wait, maybe we are not powerful enough because they're not willing to sacrifice to do this. And then he has a vision all in this like one instance. He has a vision of the he knows the emperor needs to die because he believes Nyrus that the emperor only has taking us down a path that will on the long scale ruin our powers. Exactly. Exactly. Ruin all possibilities of a future. But he has this moment where he realizes he has his vision that it won't be Revan or him to defeat the Emperor. It'll be someone far off from now, someone in the future. He has a vision of a Jedi standing over the Emperor's body. And so the death of the synth Emperor. He decides that, okay, well, I need to be there for this to happen, right? I need to be a part of this. So I cannot fight the Emperor today. When I know I have this vision that he is going to survive. So he takes his lightsaber and he stabs the other Jedi Mitra through the back, killing her instantly. Mm-hmm. Basically saying, all right, Emperor, I led them here because I wasn't strong enough to defeat them on my own. And now you and I, like bros, look yeah. what we did together, man. Look what we did. And of course, Revan is completely heartbroken and shocked, basically sitting there on his knees. You and prick. <laughs> the Emperor goes, okay, well, prove it to me. Kill him. And so as Scourge goes to strike him down, the Emperor stops him and goes, okay, no, I need him alive. But I just wanted to know that, you know, you would have done it. Bro, just kill him. I mean, okay, cool. You don't have to yeah, kill him. I just want to make sure you're, you're up good. to I it, you know? make sure you're in for it. Yeah. So this lets the Emperor know that Scourge's loyalties are real. So here now you have this character who has gone through this complete, in a single story, character shift of being a Sith Lord, newly appointed Sith Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Going to sort of apprentice, work with this Dark Council member. His entire view shift, he essentially is responsible for the death of two Dark Council members. And <laughs> then he tries to overthrow the Emperor, take Baxis, 
<laughs> and is responsible for the death of the most prominent Jedi of the era. And for thousands of years, maybe, the most powerful Jedi. So they basically take Revan Capture. He is locked up for lifetimes in this prison where he basically is able to, like, send little messages of warning out to the Republic through my, through his mind. But he's right. basically able to, like, the Emperor and him almost have, like, this communication mind game where like the emperor's trying to break him mentally. Revan is trying to send like false, like, Oh yeah, the Republic's real powerful. You do not want to attack them. And is like trying to be like, yeah, there's millions of Jedi. Like, well, the, the, like as the emperor is trying to break his will, yeah. like Revan's basically like pushing doubt back into the emperor's head. Yeah. And meanwhile, this whole thing is still happening with our, you know, character. We're talking about scourge here because scourge gets a promotion. Yay! He becomes the Emperor's Wrath. So he gets a cool title. That is a cool title. It is a cool title. And he gets all of these cybernetic uh, modifications and basically for 300 years fights alongside the Emperor. Is like, you know, yeah. the modern Vader, well, not modern, the, the precursor to Vader, the, the, the Emperor's hand in a way where he leads uh, Sith forces in battles and in war. And um, he's responsible for killing many, many Jedi. But then that brings us to where his story kind of concludes in the Old Republic game. Yeah. Now, Mac, you've played some of the Old Republic. I have. Yeah. And this comes from there's later essentially DLC. It was one of the first like really story arcs they added Um, because there's the the, uh, the, there's basically Revan based content to try and tie the old Republic more closely to the Knights of the old Republic games. And this is where you go on a quest. You eventually meet up with Revan and stuff, and you eventually have to deal with scourge because scourge is, yeah. Um, is present. Like you said, it it's Vader. It's his boogeyman. It's not necessarily their like general or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like the, when the emperor is like, Hmm, this needs to get done and I need to be sure it's going to get done. Yes. Scourge is going to go on that yes. one. Yeah, because it's not like, as far as I know, he's not a member of the Dark Council. He's not like, he's not, he he's an enforcer. Right. He's the most trusted enforcer. And ultimately, though, even though he is quite evil, he his vision comes true. He ends up working with what they what is called the Hero of Tython, which right. as far as I was able to tell, because I did not play these it, games, that's the player you. character if you choose Jedi class, right? If you, you choose one that, of the Jedi class. So, so essentially, when you begin the game, you choose one of three factions. Mm-hmm. You're either like smugglers, scum and villainy. Yeah. You're with the Sith Empire. You're with the, I'm sorry, for Republic. Yeah. Or you're a Jedi. And so the Jedi all have fallen back to the planet Tython because in the Old Republic's thing, the Emperor went forward with the thing that the Dark Council uh, conspiracy was trying to stop, which is he overextends himself and he goes into the Republic. And he assaults just a slice of it all the way down to Coruscant, takes control of Coruscant, owns Coruscant, and then puts an edict out to stop. And he forces the Republic to sign this like treaty, this ceasefire, and everyone's like, "Why?" But see, now you had us at your uh, basically. The Republic was like, "You had our throat," and instead of squeezing, you said, "We're good." Now, before we go any farther into that, this is where the timeline where I felt like I didn't understand it. So let's talk it out because when we look at these um, these old Republic novels that are meant to basically bring the lore of the old Republic to 
a reading audience, people who are not playing. Now, these came out yes. before the game, but the idea is like these sort of set up things that happen in the game. So that moment you're talking about where the Emperor invades Coruscant, yeah. that happens in the next Old Republic novel where there is, you know, hundreds of years in between them. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be one of the characters we're talking about in a minute. So my question when, is... When you start the Old Republic, yeah. it is at that exact moment when the Emperor pulls back. When the game launched, that moment is where the game starts, where there's this galactic stalemate. Yeah. The the Sith Empire controls big chunks of the galaxy. Scum and villainy, there is tons of money to be made from these two factions just kind of yeah. frictioning at each other. Thing. And the Republic's like, we got to rebuild and push them off our home worlds. How? We'll get to that. <laughs> so then that brings my question to... That means Scourge is still alive at that time, right? Yes. Because the Old Republic extends over years and years and years and years. Yes. And what ends up happening is eventually Scourge makes friends with the Jedi. He doesn't, you know, go to the light side. He doesn't become a Jedi. But he basically allies with them and with the player character that's called the Hero of Tython, as they call it. Right. The ends Jedi. up defeating the Emperor, or at least they believe so. They're not actually sure if they do, I think, is what I gathered. But well, you they have, have remember... the idea that they do defeat him. So his vision comes true, is what I'm saying. So the, the, the reason you're getting confused is simply because the different character stories, each character type has a story, and there's sort of broader paths. Like I said, if you're if you're a Jedi, you can choose like a consular, or you can choose like a uh, knight, like the warrior kind. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they have different story beats, but they're still... The, the Jedi, when Coruscant is sacked, they fall back to this ancient Jedi place, Tython. Yes. Um, and on Tython, they sort of try to meditate and reflect on what the Force's will here is. Like, trying to basically give reason to why the dark side has been allowed to tip the scales so mm -hmm. much. There must be a reason. And once we discover that, then we can bring balance yes. back or whatever. Yes. And so when you're going from Tython there, all the player characters can have different longer paths or shorter paths, sort of depending on who they are. And then there are these expansion packs, which are sort of the only times where you have epochs like, mm -hmm. okay, yes, at this point, all the character paths sync up again, where obviously if this is happening, then all of the other stuff have to have been finished business. Yes. Um, like, cause I'll be honest, unfortunately, I only really made it significantly through that game as one class, which has nothing to do with this. <laughs> cause I played the, the Imperial agent, Okay. which is like this great spy fiction thing mm -hmm. where you are a double agent for the majority of the game mm -hmm. working directly under Darth Jadis, who's the head of Sith intelligence yeah. who has gets like assassinated very early on. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. But what you're talking cool. about is there is an expansion and I, I'm going to guess, and I again, didn't see the Jedi content. Pretty sure you could meet like Scourge was a boss in the yes, game. Yes, he's definitely in the game for sure. But when the Revan expansion came out, that's when like every character can meet him because he's important to the rescuing of Revan like mission arc. Yes, yes, Where yes, you, yes. you bring Revan out of this like almost suspended animation. Yes. He's stuck in. Yes. And Scourge features heavily there. Yes. It, which is really cool. Uh, frankly, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. To have this book that then leads into this story in this game mm -hmm. so directly. I always am a fan of that. Well, and I think what's great about the books from, again, you giving me that side of things yeah. is 
the books are really good at telling you stories you can't really see from a player perspective. Yeah. Like you could not read the or you can read the origin of Scourge, but there's there's no non cheesy way to like like well, who is the Scourge? Let me touch your mind and show you a force vision. Like yeah. no no, a book's a better place for that story to be told. For sure. And I it's uh I you know, it's a solid it's not as good as the book we're about to talk about next. But <laughs> I do recommend, you know, the Revan book. If this sounds interesting to you, there's a lot more to it, even though we touched on some of the big points. Um and it's quite interesting, you know, if you're interested in sort of the emperor, the empire working on the outskirts of the galaxy uh, and not being in control. Very, very fun story. And I'm a huge, huge fan of the Old Republic era, uh, mm-hmm. the, especially the older you get. Um, <laughs> but the thing I loved about that and captured my mind when I was like, whatever, 11, when I first read Tales of the Jedi is, hey, here are these organizations as functional organizations. Yes. Like here's a Jedi and how are there so many Jedi? Well, cause one master teaches like a handful of students cause we don't have the word pad one yet. Um, you know, they teach a handful of students and the Sith have academies. Yes. Like they've got Hogwarts for evil kids. <laughs> yes. Um, and scourge is a great microcosm of what is it like to see through the perspective, the reasonable this is how you run a galaxy perspective of a Sith. it's broken and it's evil to us but it works and i think that's what's fascinating because again his worldview is constantly being challenged in this because it's like oh well the emperor that's who you yeah we all serve the emperor yeah but he's a dick and he's gonna get us all killed what yeah we should serve the empire not the emperor it's like uh oh, that's that's tough and hard to deal with. Here's this Revan guy. He's making me question everything I know about the Force. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have a rough time, buddy. And then he's like, he has these nice periods where he's just like, I am just a freaking weapon, a cudgel of the Emperor. I'm good at that. That feels right. <laughs> just bide my time till I Stay see him die. Stay in your lane, Scourge. Stay, Stay in your lane. lane. Yeah, and and like you said, it's also a good example of he has such a strangely long life. Yeah. He gets to sort of see from the he's he's post the great hyperspace wars, but like you get to see sort of from the Knights of the Republic 4,000 years ago, you got to get to see, okay, here's where the pure blood Sith, they're still kind of the majority, but mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to become a minority. Mm-hmm. And you get to see essentially the empire get gentrified under his time where it becomes a more functional government yeah. with a head, like he gets to see the emperor has mm-hmm. got these machinations that aren't just conquest and power. There's, there's more going on mm-hmm. there and he's seen like a softening where there's this infighting that shouldn't be allowed in a Sith empire. If you're a traitor, you should have already been dead. And if, and if you are traitoring and you're just, then the emperor should already be dead. This weird, like back and forth. That's not the Sith. It, if you're ready to kill your master, you need to do it with commitment and murder him. <laughs> And if not, he must kill you in kind. <laughs> and he will. Um, oh, so, he will. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And and I, yeah, it it's the, the entire construction of the Sith Empire and the backdrop of the Old Republic is really, really good. It really is. The, the Old Republic is a fascinating time frame. Um, I'm very excited for canon Star Wars to eventually get back there. I don't think there's any path where we don't eventually open that door. But... It'll happen. Um, and maybe sooner rather than later. Who knows? Maybe uh, we'll be back talking about this in the near future. Well, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about it 
right after this. We will. Let's go talk about, uh, Mac, you teased it earlier, the sacking of Coruscant. You do not want to miss this. on the idea there's not going to be a Knights of the Republic 3. Sorry, folks. <laughs> there's going to be Knights of the Republic 3, 4, 5, 6 in this giant MMORPG, a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. It's going to be the biggest thing in the world. It's like World of Warcraft. It, it's actually it's like it's actually a lot. Like It's very similar. Do you like World of Warcraft? <laughs> it's like that, but with stuff. Star Wars skins. Okay, but you hooked me now. But it's the Bioware people, so it has a really, 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 really good story. Which, Mac, I just want to tell you, if you don't like World of Warcraft, we're going to gatekeep that great story from you behind all this stuff you don't want to play. But, eventually it'll go free, and you can pay to play it faster. Because that's the Anyway. So anyway. They're rolling out the Old Republic. Yes. It's EA's big chance. That it's yes. their WoW killer. They're they're going to go after World of Warcraft. They're going to take everyone. They got the best license in the universe. And they start releasing their trailers to get yes. you in the mood. And they're like, look, we learned from Knights of the Republic that you can't just do what was in those comic books. You got to Star Wars it up a little bit. It's got to be a little more familiar to mainline Star Wars. So, you know, hey, guess what? Here is... The Sith with red blades attacking some some stormtrooper-ish people. Y- you recognize. And look, here's a fight, and it's on Alderaan. And I've look heard at, of that. And look at this pasty dude. Pasty dude in heavy armor. Look at him. He's, he's just got like a chalk for face. It's like Vader without the helmet. But what if I threw a grenade at his face and he needs a respirator? Because you can't be a good Sith if you don't have some mask That's energy. That's true. And what if the mask only goes over his face? Because, you know, like COVID victims, he just needs to cover that part of his face. But what if it looks like freaking Vader's triangle over his face? And you're going to look at this guy and go, oh, that's Sith. Reminds me of Vader. That's Darth Malgus. <laughs> So that Darth, good. I like that. I mean, Darth Malgus is a character that I didn't realize until we started research. I'm like, oh, he's in every single one of the rolling up to the launch of the game trailers for the Old Republic. Yeah. 
And he goes through the journey of like the Sith acolyte who gets his face destroyed, who comes back as the wrecking ball machinations of like a Vader like character. Cause in his last trailer, he's like, Oh, you're a Jedi master. Bang, 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 bang. You're dead. And I'm going to like watch the life leap leak out of you as I look at your apprentice going, you're next. Yes. Now it's funny because I watched a few of these trailers after you told me about this. Yeah, yeah. When we decided we were going to do Malgus, I had no idea he was such a big character in the Old Republic storyline. He's the soldier villain. He's the 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 big. Yeah. He's. The, we talked about Scourge the last segment. Is is the Vader? I'm like he is in actually what he is to the Emperor. Yes. Malgus is the 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 boogeyman the, the that everyone ball. knows about. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Now, my only experience with Malgus was from the next Old Republic novel, the follow-up to Revan, The Old Republic Deceived, it's called. And the whole novel is about this Sith Malgus and this Jedi, Aaron Lanier, who were deceived by their orders, by their superiors, right, and tricked into doing things that they didn't agree with. So now, that's what we're going to talk about, is this character, Darth Malgus, who is this really, really interesting Sith Lord. So let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Now, Malgus grows up, and he, you know, has some latent force abilities, but yes. it doesn't come out, it doesn't really manifest itself until he murders this Twi'lek slave that him and his father have. Right. Using the force. And when his father learns of this and sees this, he realizes, oh, my son has force potential. Uh, Malvis is a human, by the way. I don't know if we see I think you might have said that. And it's one of those things of like, oh, the servant is dead. My boy has powers. <laughs> yes. I better send him off to Hogwarts. Uh, I need to go get one of the other servants to clean up this dead servant so I can send my boy to space Hogwarts. <laughs> So he is sent to the Sith Academy on Droman Cass. He rises through the ranks and becomes this warrior, this great warrior with the Sith. He, yes. uh, on a mission to Geonosis, also uh, gets a Twi'lek slave of his own called Alina. And Alina becomes not only his slave, but also his confidant, his lover, basically becomes this person who he cares very, very much about. She goes everywhere with him. She fights with him. She travels with him. She's everywhere with him. Yes. And he also is really gets, and now this Mac I know is a little bit more your area. Yeah. He gets a little bit more of his recognition, and you mentioned it uh, in your lead up a minute ago, during the Battle of Alderaan. Now, the Battle Mm -hmm. of Alderaan is sort of this head that happens um, in the the Jedi-Sith War, where the Jedi, the Sith are trying to take over. They're in like this like second or third galactic civil war that they've started in the last couple hundred years, yeah. where they're attempting to take over the Republic and take over Republic space and take more planets and more citizens yeah. for their cause. So, like, Malgus is a tip of the spear for this. He's there for the first major campaign offensive, which is the recapture of Korriban, this ancient Sith like outpost. And the second that happens, his brutality is already stories start emanating out of that. Cause they're like when they took over Korriban, they killed like every single Republic entity around that system, like all of them, which they do more conquering, but it's, it's a bloody message to the Republic of like, yes. I wouldn't fight us. It won't end well for you. Why don't you just surrender already? And of course, the Republic's like, no, freedom, justice, war. And then they fight, 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 fight. And like Alderaan's an important battle because Alderaan is like the first core world to fall. It's the, it's the Republic's like, we're going to put all of our defense into this because we have to let, if they get past this, they'll take Coruscant, which they do. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Coruscant. So 
Uh, during the Battle of Alderaan, uh, Mal- Malgus takes a grenade to the face and requires this breathing apparatus now that we're talking about, uh, making him more Vader-like. And so when this novel opens up, The Old Republic Deceived, we see Malgus and Alina on their way to the Jedi Temple of on Coruscant. They're mm-hmm. walking up, they're walking up the steps, and they encounter these Jedi guards, and Malgus just kills them instantly. Yes. They walk <laughs> into the atrium of the temple... And all of these Jedi come out and surround these two people. And they're led by this Jedi Master, Venzala, who's this really powerful Jedi Master, Jedi Master on the Council, and Master to Padawan, now Jedi Knight, Aaron Lanier, who we'll talk about more in a minute. But Malgus basically says, you know, your time has come, Jedi, we're here to take over. And just when that happens, a shuttle carrying 50 Sith crashes through the Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. led by, uh, what's his name, Adros, I believe, Adros. if I remember correctly, who's right. a Sith warrior who Malgus has this sort of like, uh, I mean, obviously they're on the same side, but has this tumultuous relationship where they want to kill each other because yes. they're Sith and they want to pass each other up, basically. So yeah. Malgus is basically leading the attack, being the first one in the temple, starting everything, and then Adras is leading the rest of the forces out of this ship. This giant battle ensues, and Malgus is just killing people left and right. He's using lightning. He's using his lightsaber. He's force choking. Yeah, he's killing he's people with his bare wrecking hands. Ball. Yeah. Just this, like, monster of a Sith. Absolutely. And then eventually he gets to fight Venzalo, and they're fighting. And, you know, it's they're pretty evenly matched. They're keeping up. Uh, Alina, you know, is shooting, by the way. She's got blasters this whole time. And she shoots at this Jedi. He deflects it back at her, hits her. This causes Malgus to go into a bit of a rage. Basically, like, feigns a mistake. So the Jedi tries to take advantage of it. And then he stabs him. He kills him. Yeah. And Malgus proves like, hey, I've just killed like the only Jedi here that was a challenge for me. Uh, Master Venzala. Venzala, yep. And so that's the end of it. You know, that's kind of the end. Like Malgus is successful. The rest of the Sith take out the rest of the Jedi. Yep. He's taken down the only one who posed a threat. And meanwhile, over on Alderaan, peace negotiations are going on between the Jedi and the Sith. So while this war is trying to be brought to an end well, during Malgus, in his mind, is winning the, the yes, war. Yes, he is out here fighting the good fight, trying to be this leader for the Sith. And the Emperor is like, no, nah, let's have peace. Yeah, because basically what happens is as Malgus has taken the temple and he's like, I've defeated the only thing that could stop us from taking this world. Yes. Let's go raise Coruscant. Uh, so you have a message? Oh. Senator Burr. Yeah, I was just using Coruscant as a uh, leverage to get good terms uh, with yeah. the Republic's surrender yeah. over, well, the Republic's, uh, you know, uh, ceasefire over here on Alderaan. So um, we're good. Uh, you guys just hang tight. Just um, hold tight, yeah. S- settle, like... Settle into occupation, of Coruscant, but yeah. uh, treat people nice. And as it comes out through the rest of the story, it's basically the Emperor is the smart one of like, we don't have the resources to hold Coruscant. It's too big. It requires too much force and strength. We either have to destroy it or leave. Like, we can't keep holding it. And the Emperor realizes, I can't destroy it because if I destroy it, this will never end. Well, they, that, will, they will run us That off will the galvanize them forever. Yes. And the Sith, while they are winning in the moment, are losing the battle of resources. They it's, don't have the money, the funding, the material to keep up with the Republic. It echoes what happened to sort of like Germany when they started two two fronts as they were playing the Blitzkrieg. They charged, 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 and it was impressive and terrifying. But once you charge so far forward and you didn't drag good enough supply lines behind you, 
you can't hold on to what you just conquered. Yes. And that's essentially what the emperor is like, look, our resources are still back center around here, back on dormant costs. Mm-hmm. It takes like forever to get from dormant yeah. costs to like Coruscant. We cannot supply ourselves with hostile forces like nipping at us. Like it has to be a complete total control of the Republic or what he basically does, which is like, we're going to have a ceasefire. We're going to have this cold war. And while they are trying to keep the peace because they're scared of us, I'm going to figure out how to actually win this permanently. Yes. Yes. The emperor is still working on things, technology and rituals, dark side rituals, you know, very spiritual and whatnot. But Malgus is upset because he thought they're going to be killing billions. We had this. I had them. (laughs) Exactly. That's his thought. He's like, I'm here. I'm sacrificing. I'm the one up on the front lines doing all this. I'm killing the strong Jedi. You know, my my girl, my Twi'lek girl slave yeah. is over here getting shot. Now, she's not dead, by the way, although she is injured. That's going to be important later. But he's the one sacrificing. He turns off his calm for a couple of hours because he's like, man, the bombing of Coruscant going to start any minute. Going to start any minute now. Hours go by. Nothing happens. He learns of the ceasefire, like you said. Meanwhile, Venzala, the Jedi he killed, his Padawan is over on Alderaan, feeling his death, right. and basically goes rogue. As soon as this happens, she learns about the ceasefire with the Sith. She learns about the Sith invading Alderaan. She goes, oh, it's on now. We're going to fight. Like, these guys, they came to our home turf. And the Jedi are like, no, we're actually going to make a peace deal with them. And so you have this Darksider and Malgus and this Lightsider <laughs> and Aaron who are basically like, well, screw this. Well, they're two coin. They're two sides of the same coin. They're yeah. like, ceasefire. You can't negotiate with evil. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and on Malgus, like, you can't negotiate with the weak. Yes. They have no standing. And that's exactly what happens. So you have Aaron, who's leaving Alderaan, basically going rogue, going to find this, you know, a ship she can get transported back to the Koron to get through the Sith blockade of Coruscant because yes. they're still controlling it. And Malgus, because he basically, like, went off comms, is kind of like, oh, disagreeing with the overall plan and strategy here, he gets relegated to the hyperspace blockade. So his job becomes now to stop people from leaving and going, which he considers a secondary role, a role anyone can do, something that is below his talents. And so he's feeling insulted by his leaders. You've got this Jedi who's feeling insulted by her council and her masters and the people who should be protecting her. It's like, we know your master's dead, but we're going to Tython. We're going to go and give to the meditative springs and reflect on what's happened. Screw that! No! 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 My master's killer is still out there. Yes, and for the peace treaty, you must come to terms with that. No! No! No. Yeah, she's very Anakin-like in this way. Yeah. So it all, you know, a lot happens here, but it all comes to a head when she tries to re-enter Coruscant. And Malgus can feel her on the ship, but he's basically like, no, I'm going to let her through. Because if I kill her, that could end peace negotiations, and that would make the Sith unhappy. If I let her go, though, I can go after her and then I can fight her and I can try and start the war back up again. Right. Because the Jedi have disavowed her. The Jedi have said, hey, Sith, this rogue Jedi might be coming at you. She's not with us. (laughs) Like, they just dropped her like a bad habit out of nowhere. Well, mostly because, like I said, at the time with it's not in the treaty, I don't believe. But like the whole thing is the Jedi are like, guys, we all have to go on retreat and figure out 
what is going on? Well, no, we got to go fight this. No, 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 no. This is too big and too weird. We have to explore this in our own way and go to a place where we can meditate and focus on what we need to do. We can't make any brash accents. Yes. And like many Jedi, like Anakin, they're like, but brash actions are my brand. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And that's what this Jedi character shows us is that she's young, she's brash, she's powerful, but she's never really powerful enough to go against Malagas, who's just this big bully of a guy. So they end up, they end up meeting outside the ruins of the temple. They have a fight Mm -hmm. and you know, there's some action, but Malagas is able to overpower her and defeat her. Right. But during the fight, um, Malgus's slave Alina, who he has these romantic feelings for, uh, Aaron basically takes him captive and is able mm-hmm. to kind of hold on or takes her captive and is able to hold on to her and basically says, well, you know, I'll, I'll spare her life. You know, I'll spare her life if, you know, if you kind of uh, uh, agree to, you know, my terms. And and this sort of earns the respect of Malgus. Basically, Malgus, they get in their fight. He electrocutes her. Knocks her unconscious. She thinks she's dead, but she awakes and he's just standing over her. And he basically says, you know, you showed me respect by not hurting a civilian. So I didn't kill you to pay back that debt. Mm. Thank you for that. If we ever see each other again after today, we're enemies again. But we were both betrayed by our, you know, higher ups, by our bosses. We were both put in a position we didn't want to be in. And because of that and because of what you've done. We're even for now. Just get out of my sight, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so they both go off. And what's very interesting, because the whole book frames it as, okay, you have these two characters, the same, just on different sides of the coin. They're going rogue and they're doing what they think is right. Right. Well, at the end of the story, Aaron decides I'm going to leave the Jedi. I'm no longer a force user. She goes and she has a guy and she goes to a farming planet and, lives in retreat and that's it that's like the end of her story but malgus decides that's not good enough for him he's just not going to walk away malgus decides he needs to become more he needs to become bigger he needs to become more powerful so the first thing because he wants to destroy everything it's not just the republic he needs to burn his hate has everything yeah his hate has gone to hate for all life (laughs) yes he's like the empire needs to burn the republic needs to burn i'm just gonna burn it all down and we'll start anew so the first thing he does is he kills alina because he's like i cannot have an attachment i cannot have something that makes me weak yeah and so he just kills her just after this whole book of how much he cares about her and she wants them to run away together start a new life when was this book published i want to say 2004 okay yeah i want to say 2004 so he offs her Wait, 2004. You want me to look it up? Yeah, no, can't be 2004 because the Old Republic isn't that old. Old Republic's like 2007, 2008 was maybe when that started. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Oh, I'm curious because like it, poetry, it rhymes. It kind of echoes the sort of thing of like uh, Ben Solo killing Han where it's like, like you need to. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was way off. 2011. 2011. Okay. Yeah. So still, but still before Ben and stuff, but like it echoes the whole idea of like, I need to kill all my attachments. 
Well, I, I thought Jedi were the ones who didn't like attachments. No, 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 no. You don't understand. We don't like attachments in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want her to be used against him. He doesn't want to have to be thinking about her. He doesn't want someone to be trying to pull him away from his ultimate goals. Well, he cares about her so much that it's a liability. Yeah. And he can't have a liability. Sith can't have liability. No. So after he kills his uh, his one true love, he goes and he finds Darth Adris, who was his rival throughout this entire thing. You know, they're they're trying to constantly one-up each other, and Malgus just destroys him, takes off one of his arms, electrocutes him, before eventually just choking him to death with his bare hands. It, Once it, again, very violent. Very violent Sith here. Oh, he's he he's a monster. Yeah. Um and from what I remember the game's like and from there, like Malgus is just this semi loose cannon Sith boogeyman. Where he's generally for the Imperial forces because the Imperial forces are running more misery through the universe, but like they can't control him anymore. So he just shows up in various places where like, oh, as a huge big bad, as just this just terror running around slaughtering anyone he can. Because like you said, he's furious with the Empire for what he's starting to see as weakness. They, they, they're not ready to go for the jugular. This emperor is about diplomacy. No, no, no. There's no diplomacy. <laughs> um, and so he basically is in just total frustration and anger through most of the Cold War. And then when the Third Galactic War starts, where, again, the Cold War ends and everything heats up again, um, he has already taken a number of people out to the unknown regions and sort of built his own little cult from what I remember. Like, his own little, like real Sith, you know, like the real Sith. That's ultimately his goal. Yeah. Is he wants to basically make something better than what came before. And from what I remember, the one meditation I remember reading in the research is like, and eventually a lot of his fury is what inspires some of Darth Bane's like viewpoints on like, Essentially, that like you can't have a Sith Empire like that. You got to have like two Sith. Yeah. Two Sith are manageable. All these Sith infighting leads to weakness and compromise yes. and all this yeah. crap you can't have. Yeah. What Malgus starts, Darth Bane ends up using some of that as part of the rule of two. Absolutely, he does. Um, you know, we've talked about Darth Bane before, but we've never talked about the Darth Bane books. So one day maybe we'll have to do a special on on all three of those because people do truly and, love them. And one thing I just want to say is for people who are listening to these last two segments and go like, well, what, what, where did Dark, where did Lord Scourge end up? Where did Darth Malgus end up? We, we don't know. Their stories are quote unquote in progress because yeah. um, the Old Republic is one of the weird things about the, the. I'll save that for the appendix actually, but. One of the things that's interesting is this story is still evolving. We don't know how much more of the Old Republic the game is going to be produced. Yeah. But they haven't tied up all their threads because they're not sure they're done telling stories yet. And one day, I suspect, while the Old Republic has sort of become this big, bloated thing with so much story in it... um, I wouldn't be surprised if one day we get our Malgus and we get our Revan and we get our Scourge 
into news stories that do rewrite the characters, but make them fit in the universe we're in now. I th- and I think I think that's going to happen eventually. I think you're going to see one of two things happen. Either you will see novels and, and comic books to wrap up the Old Republic when they finally make the call to say, hey, we're not going to be producing new content. We're, we're in maintenance mode going to shut yeah. down. Or vice versa. There's a possibility you'll never get it because by the time that those would be greenlit, Disney has decided how they're going to tell their own old Republic yeah. stories and this stuff will go into hard legends. And what I mean by that is like all these stories are legends. Yes. But because they're still existent. Yes. They're a little less legends than most legends. Well, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, frankly, they're alive. Still. When it takes thousands of years before any established canon story, there's it not can much, be anything. It there's can, not much it contradicts and there's not much to contradict it. Exactly. Like it's, it's, it's on its own little Island. Exactly. So in that way, people do still have this reverence for it. It's why people still love the Bane books and the Plagueis novel, it's because the, it can still all work in almost every way with the star Wars that we're getting now. Yeah. But eventually, you know, now that we have the high Republic, in my opinion, that's the first nail in the coffin. I mean, we don't know yet, I mean, the villains well, in the High Republic are called the Nile. They could be based on Darth Nihilus. Like, that could what? come into it. You know, so, like, anything is truly possible. And I find that way more exciting than having to rehash, you know, let's not give Malgus the same story. Let's give him a new story. Let's change him up. Let's make him well, different the same way we did Thrawn. The big thing, yeah, that's the big thing. You you posted on Twitter, and you should guys also follow us on Twitter, uh, <laughs> about the idea of, like, how do you guys feel about, like, what characters would you like to see get the Thrawn treatment? Mm-hmm. The brought into canon with a remix. Like, it's that character, but we've transplanted the mm-hmm. circumstances in which that character exists mm-hmm. in the galaxy. Yes. Um, and, and I think that'll happen. I, I think maybe it, not with Malgus, but definitely with Revan at some point. There's a reason there's a six inch figure of Revan. It's because it won fan polls. Like people yeah. adore. Two. There's two Revan figures, a light and a dark side. I I think Revan's really cool. The only problem I have with Revan is to me, Revan is unknowable. Yeah. It's not some just normal Caucasian dude, <laughs> which is what they turned him into. I'm like, it can be a lady or a guy. It could be yeah. any, it could be any of the selectable character portraits yeah. from Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Uh, but that's hey, not the I way it is. I would love for them to make Revan a girl and Bastila a man. Well, Bastila, wait, wait, wait. But Bastila actually is in the games <laughs> with a voice. But that's the whole point. Let's just change it up. Let's uh, just change. It I guess. Oh, oh, oh! You say like if they do the throne and they remix everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, Sorry, you're good. Yes, yes. I'm saying that even in legends, yes, no, Revan's supposed to yes. be a cipher. You can't know what they are. How wild is it that they basically took these two incredibly powerful people and they're like, yeah, they're gonna have a kid. It's, it's, <laughs> it's how fiction works. It is. It is. Um. So one day we'll do a full Revan show. We've talked about him before. We did do a show, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, we, there, there will be a time, I think, when we'll talk about It's Revan one again. of the biggest characters yeah. in EU that still has a lot of prominence and importance right now. Because, yeah. like I said, unlike most stuff, he's not completely relegated to the dungeon of legends. He's not a character that you can't keep telling stories about. Like, he still is a little more alive, a little yes. more in play yes. than most stuff. One day. But... Uh, yeah, I, I do hope we get a satisfying end of Malgus because while well, Malgus, I, I'll, I'll admit, is a very video gamey character, yeah. it, it is nice to see someone who's just like a hardcore Sith, just yeah. everything that like r- just revels in evil. Yes. So good stuff. Ready to wrap this? I, I think I am. Let's do it. 
Well, here we are, another Star Wars all in, in the can, an all Old Republic episode of Star Wars all in, sort of. A lot of fun. It's not often that we do a full Legends episode, uh, and it's been a while since we've done a Dark Side episode. It's been like 30 episodes ago. So it was time for another Dark Side episode, and I had a lot of fun. episodes ago. Oh, gosh, we've been doing this show too much. Yeah. Um, and and I will say, uh, get it while it's hot. Like, uh, <laughs> The Old Republic is still an ongoing game. Yep. It's free to play. Yep. Uh, even if you want to run through a lot of the content, I, I think if you pay whatever it is, like the $30 for, like, the the I want to be a paid premium player and I also want the, like, XP boost, like, you can see a lot of that game in the month. Yeah. Um, uh and I love and hate that game. I I don't like playing it, but God, is its stories and its production and its voice acting just top notch. It's so good that I just wish I could just turn the game part off. Just get like the visual novel version of this. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe one day, like you said, it will be told in another way, but I, I think eventually, you know, the High Republic will wrap up and we will maybe then move into an old Republic era in canon again. I think the old Republic will exist in some way. I think it's just one of those cards they don't want to play because I don't see a way, especially after the High Republic mm-hmm. has been established yeah. and sort of the things, some of the things the High Republic has to say about the galaxy, like how yeah. the Outer Rim's really, you know, uh, this very rustic part of the galaxy. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, if it's rustic 200 years ago, <laughs> like... Yeah. It's got to be nowhere's land yeah. 4,000 years ago. Or it has to have been something that they're going to lose their connection and have 4,000 years for them to get rust, you know, turned yes. back into a wilderness. Yes. Like, it says a lot about what the, like you said, it's the first nail in the coffins of the Old Republic of like, when we get to that story, it won't be the one exactly you know right now. Yes. It'll have to be different. It'll have to be changed. I mean, heck, even some of the new High Republic novels are setting up, um, species and races and things that are no longer in the galaxy right but could one day be told in an old republic style story so it's gonna happen um busy week for star wars we just got into the gray into the dark by claudia gray came yep. out uh i wanted to say into the gray by claudia dark but that's not quite right uh into the dark came out i'm about 30 percent of the way through it um we're about a month away before victory's price comes out the final aftermath novel um still no date for bad batch still waiting Waiting, waiting. Again, my theory is still that it's going to be, like, launching on May the 4th. But It's definitely possible. As we get closer... As we get closer, it seems more likely, yeah. It's the closest we've ever been to the Bad Batch, though. Um, Yeah, so that's exciting. The comic books are rolling out. We're going to get adventures here at the end of the month. Um, And uh, the, the train of Star Wars video game news ended. So, like, we have all these announced projects that... We didn't get another, another, another new announce this week, so that's... That sounds stable and sustainable. Um, and uh, yeah, no, uh, things uh, things are, are really, mm-hmm. really going well. I got my Wheel Black Series figure in. I, I ordered an Electrum lightsaber, and uh, I'm very excited for the Electrum Sabercraft to send me my custom-built battle scarred. I have a whole story for it that it's like a dark side lightsaber that like I'm reclaiming as a Jedi. Like It's a whole thing. And I can't wait to get it in like April or May when they have finished uh, custom building it for yeah. me. For the record, no one should buy these. These are amazing, fantastic. I 
I had a very nice gift from my family, my brother specifically, to help me pay for this. And when I saw the price on that, I'm like, oh, wow, he bought me a lightsaber. And then I went to the store and I'm like, oh, he bought me half a lightsaber because <laughs> these things are mind-numbingly expensive. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited to see it in person oh, because it's gonna be I can't afford one. That's for sure. Uh, it's. I think the thing about it is I, I think – Collecting lightsabers is one of definitely the fandoms I've spent too much money on in like uh, in Star Wars. And I'm okay yeah. with that. And this will be my third lightsaber purchase of the year because I, I bought the, the dark saber that's coming out in August. Awesome. The black series. I bought the one in Disney mm-hmm. uh, just came back from, and now I've bought the, yeah. It's a big year for sabers. It's yeah. It's, it's an expensive, Expensive year for sabers. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, maybe by next week you'll have bought a fourth saber. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> you never know. When they start rolling out, like, have you, have you seen that Cal Kestis lightsaber that's on Dark Galaxy? It's pretty nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm in fandom right now. <laughs> that's, I think, a great place to be, Mac. Um, I'm sure by next week we'll have a whole bunch of more stuff we're doing. I might have finished Into the Dark by next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you reading anything? Any Star Wars books? Still chugging my way through uh, Light of the Jedi. Oh, sure, I, sure. You enjoying it? I, I am. I, I just, I think my trip distracted me heavily. I expected to read, like, finish that. I'm, I'm listening to audiobook. Yeah. I expected to finish it on the plane flight, and then just the way my flights were and some of the stress that was going on, I, like, now I just got to listen to, like, music or pod, podcast. Something I could dip in and out of. I don't yeah. have to pay attention the whole time, so... Yeah. I didn't get as much, so I'm sort of back to, like, knocking out, like, a chapter every night. Nice. Right on. So uh, I should be done with it probably in a week or two. I don't remember if I said this last week, but I did finish Light of the Jedi. I did finish A Test of Courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoyed them both thoroughly. Um, can't wait for more Higher Public, you know? Can't wait for The Rising Storm. Can't it's wait so... for, uh, what is it? What's the other one called? Out of the Shadows is the other one that coming sounds out. Right. Um, and then there's the high point tower one something i can't remember so anyway got more high republic to come we've got more star wars books to come we got more star wars toys to come we got more star wars shows to come and eventually more star wars movies so there will always be more to talk about absolutely and we will get all to it because well we're gonna be here for a long time because i'm mac and i'm ross and until next wednesday may the force be with you This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.